This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to John, the third chapter. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may have noticed that Jesus' revelations and teachings in the Gospels often come when he encounters people who are confused or just don't get it. The disciples, we recall, frequently don't understand, don't get it until he sets them straight. And in doing so, he reveals to us what we need to know about who he is and what he means to us. In today's gospel, it is Nicodemus who is confused and needs to be enlightened. Nicodemus is a leader of the Jews, a Pharisee and a teacher. For him, then, the idea of rebirth should not have been entirely strange, since the rabbis often referred to those who converted converted to Judaism as being reborn. However, Nicodemus rightly thinks that this is not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about something far more radical. 
being born again from above and a new birth of the Spirit. But Nicodemus takes this literally as a material birth. Jesus sets him straight. It is a new birth of the Spirit, not a birth of the flesh. Yet it is new life nonetheless. Born of water and the Spirit, one enters the kingdom of God. Therefore, the Church has seen this as a text that points us to baptism. For some, however, this discussion with Nicodemus is, being, is about being born again in the sense of accepting Jesus as your personal Savior or coming to faith uh, or having a new birth in how one lives one's Christian life. I remember an incident from my early ministry that illustrates this idea. Persons who listened to the Lutheran Hour in those days uh, on the radio could write in and request a pastoral visit, and pastors who were near where they lived were notified. Well, I received one such reference and went to visit a woman who was concerned about her husband's behavior. But before talking about him, she informed me that she had been born again, and she gave me the precise date when it happened and indicated that she knew she was born again because as of that date she had given up smoking, drinking, and playing cards. She had seen the light. Being born again in this way of thinking, however good those changes might have been for her life, being born again in this way of thinking emphasizes one's own spiritual and moral achievements and experiences. Some of the college students I pastored in later years were fond of saying that though they thought they were real Christians, that is, until they had received certain gifts of the Spirit, now they knew the genuine article. They were born again. And again, it is their personal experience that validates this new birth. Now, I am not belittling these experiences or the salutary reality of changes in one's life. The point is that Jesus is not talking about what we do, but what God does. As a Pharisee, it is likely that Nicodemus is oriented to the obedience of the law as the ground of one's relation to God. Understandably, he was confused by a very different perspective. In the new birth of baptism, it is, as Jesus says, from above, from above. It is all about God's action. It is a sacrament, which means God coming to us with grace and forgiveness and life. And it is for life. We do not rebaptize, baptize again. It is once and for all for all of life. When our confirmands affirmed their baptism earlier this month, they were not validating their baptism. It is valid for life. They were affirming the blessing of life in Christ and what that means to them. In baptism, we are initiated into the body of Christ, the Church, and one with Him and the Father and the Spirit. It is a new birth of everlasting life. When was I born again? At my baptism. When were you born again? 
at your baptism. Certainly we will experience moments of spiritual awakening in our lives or come to a greater understanding and commitment to how we live the life in Christ, the life of faith and love. These are experiences within our baptismal life in Christ. They are the gifts of the Spirit we receive in baptism. And even as this is a baptismal festival Sunday here, it is also Trinity Sunday, which reminds us that we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is the command we receive from Jesus at the end of Matthew's Gospel. How then shall we understand the triune God in whose name we are baptized? Well, all we can say about the Trinity is what God has revealed of God's self in our history as recorded in the Bible. We cannot know God directly or speak of God descriptively as we can of people and things. However, what we do see in the Bible is God the Father revealed as creator, the Son as redeemer, and the Spirit as sanctifier. But it is also clear that the three are one and that each participates in the works of the other. So the Son and the Spirit were there in the creator creation of the Father. The Father and the Spirit are one with the Son in redemption, and the Father and the Son are one with the Spirit in sanctification. The three-ring symbol, uh, by the way, as an aside, uh, the three-ring symbol on your cover when I was growing up in New Jersey, this was the symbol employed by Ballantine Beer. Purity, body, flavor. It was on their label. It's not that I drank a lot of Ballantine Beer. It was that they, they were the sponsors of the Yankee games. So that's how I came to know them. But for our purposes this morning, the three-ring symbol on the cover of your bulletin is a way of depicting the fact that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are intertwined. They live in one another as one divine life in three distinct persons. It is a unity in the bonds of love. Just as in human interactions, love requires relationships to exist. So in the divine life, there is the relationship of Father, Son, and Spirit. And love creates unity out of that relationship so that we say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one God. And thus we may say that God does not just love. God is love. The very nature of the unity of the divine life of the Trinity is love. Okay, Professor, are you finally through giving the theology lecture? and ready to tell us why it makes a difference? I am. Created and redeemed in God's image, the image of the Trinity, and baptized in the name of the triune God, we are born again to a life of love, reflecting the nature of God in whom we live and move and have our being. When Jesus commands us to love God and our neighbor, he is commanding us to be what we are, what we are created and redeemed to be. Because our God of new life in baptism is love, 
the gifts of the Spirit in baptism empower us for the self-giving love of neighbor that reflects God's love. This is at the heart of the ministry to which we are ordained in our baptism. Because the God of new life is love, baptism in God's name is to a community of love that transcends all divisions while valuing all difference. We celebrate diversity of ethnicity and sexuality in the unity of the spirit in the bonds of love. This is the pure justice of radical equality. It follows that in this life, before the fullness of God's future, our love, our love seeks justice in all things, reflecting the perfect justice of the divine life of the Trinity. Because our God of new life is love, it is God's desire to be with us in every way, Entering our humanity in the incarnate Christ, God has suffered with us. God truly feels our pain, suffered with us in the ravages of broken lives and a broken world, that we may be spared the ultimate destruction of our sin. We are created anew in the forgiveness that flows through the waters of baptism, and we are made holy to God. Because our new life, because our God of new life is love, and we are shaped in and for love, we can overcome our selfish impulses and willingly share ourselves with others. Food for a grieving household, hospital visits, words of encouragement for a depressed or struggling soul, a readiness to listen, company with the lonely, a donation for the hungry or the desperately ill in need of hope, a ride for the homebound, adjustments in lifestyle for the care of the earth, a public stance against all forms of discrimination, earnest prayer and activism for the end of violence in our society and our world, and commitment to be a sign of peace and do the hard work of reconciliation in our own relationships and beyond. Because God of new life is love, as we joyfully bring our children to baptism to be born again in the waters of God's grace, our hearts go out along with God's heart to the myriads of children who live in misery. And we seek as a church in the world to do what we can to bring some relief to that misery through individual efforts and through the efforts of our church in concert, concert with others who care deeply. Because our God of new life is love, we remember those we love and honor this weekend with the confidence, with the confidence of knowing that God's mercy and love is abundant and unconditional. So the precious children we bring to baptism, as we will later in this morning, are beginning their new and everlasting life. They with us are ordained to the ministry of bringing God's love into the world. For the God 
of their new life is love. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.